The Law of Equivalent Exchange. This is Tim in Tokyo reading Fullmetal Alchemist in English from Viz. And this is Patrick in Kumamoto, the heart of Kyushu, reading Hagane no Renkin Jutsushi uh, in the original Japanese by Gangan Comics. By Hiromu Arakawa. By Hiromu Arakawa, published by Gangan Comics. Right. And we, we never really talked about what Gangan means. No. No, what, Gangan what? is like to, like to push forward. Gangan okay. iku. Like, you know, like more and more. And, uh, you know, and it's, I would say compared to the, the big two or the big three, that, yeah, Gangan is definitely like a, you know, it's a smaller readership so they there's they can do a lot more like what in japanese we say maniac stuff you know a lot more nerdy stuff you mm, know okay so i think thanks to this series that they got a lot more clout but like i, I off the top of my head i can't think of any other gangan like i know if i saw a list i'd be like oh yeah okay yes that's right uh, I think Hare no Uchi Gu is the only one that comes to mind with uh, that I remember seeing with the the, the GC logo on the spine. Mm-hmm. And that it was a cute, you know, it's like a little bit younger leaning, just mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, it doesn't. Uh, that that's the impression that I got. It's not Koro Koro where it's like young kids, but it's like Jump really pushes the. You know, like, what ages are these for sometimes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that, it's not necessarily a new thing, like the Jump and Sunday, because if you look at some of the old, like the Umezu Kazuo's um, floating, drifting classroom, hmm. that's pretty harsh for, I mean, it. all the, the characters are elementary school kids, but the situations they're dealing with are harsh <laughs> you know like all the all the adults basically go either they uh they kill themselves because they can't handle this new situation of their school suddenly appearing in this weird like i don't know weird land um or they go nuts or they get killed by somebody who's gone nuts. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and so, like, all the teachers, they're like, oh, it's the teacher that we trust and love. And he's like, and now I'm going to choke you to death. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, oh, my God, it's super harsh. But, <laughs> like, Champion is supposed to be on the same level as Jump and Sunday. And they had, you know, Champion also had some... pretty Well, like, Blackjack was Champion, which is not really for kids. Mm, like Tezuka's mm. blackjack and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so it's like, you know, every magazine has their character. And I think this comic helped kind of define what, you know, Gangan's mm. character mm-hmm. would end up being. Yeah. So we're starting volume 20, which has five chapters in it. It's kind of more than usual, I think. Well, the the book feels a little thicker than some mm. of the others. Um, so we'll be talking about chapter 79, which is entitled Bug Bite. Yep. Is that what it's and, called uh, in Japanese? Bug Bite? Ant. Ant Bite. Ant Bite. Yeah, it's like uh, ant, ant taking a nibble kind of thing. Mm. Shitokami. So it's like a little nibble. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't I don't know what that is about. I I have to as we go through it, maybe it'll come to me. But I I was looking at the the cover where he looks like he's trying on <laughs> his leg or putting some shoes on his leg or something. He's or he's showing off his leg, like his, hey, yeah, take a look leg. at this. Isn't that pretty? Which um, was really great. A friend of mine that I think I mentioned on this podcast before came to the art show that I did in Shibuya that you came to. I was thanks for coming. I was mm. glad to see you in person <laughs> after once. quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Years. Uh, he came and he showed me his prosthetic uh, limb that he he actually like three D prints. Uh, prosthetic limbs and uh, he teaches skiing for people who use prosthetic limbs and uh, you know and so he has this side business he's which doesn't make much money but it's like a kind of a, a what do they call it a thing of love a uh, uh, um, oh I know what you want I, I know what you're thinking of but right a labor, mind, of love, labor of love labor yes. of love right Kind and it of was like really all cool. of my podcasts because I'm not making any money from them. Um, it was really cool, really well made. And uh, he said, like, you know, maybe we could put some of your designs on one of these. And I said, I would love that. That would be so cool. But I was hoping that I could get him to read this series because I'm, I'm curious about what, you know, he thinks about the depiction mm-hmm. of people who use prosthetics. Mm. So getting back to the title... So the Japanese actually says Ari, an ant. Yes. Hmm. Because Ari no hitokami. At least in English, there's a lot of talk in this chapter about worms. True. And I'm wondering if, if that was what it was, what she kind of had in mind. But yeah, the ant doesn't quite make sense. Well, I think they use the word. I think what's his name uses the word trash or garbage a lot uh, when referring to people he thinks is lower than him but i think he also uses the word mushikera if i'm not mistaken mm. and mushikera is like lowly maggots which are like baby bugs you know what i mean okay yeah i think all those were translated as worm uh, in the english version in, from viz i think that's because we don't really call people bugs or you know what i mean <laughs> like it, it doesn't have the same you lowly worm lick the bottom of my shoes you know what i mean it doesn't have right the same. yeah you ant it's, it's like where okay yeah. where's the uncle uh <laughs> oh you know you know that story right about the uh the foreign guy who asked how do you say ant in japanese because he had ants in his apartment that he wanted to get rid of and, <laughs> i can see uh, it coming the la- you could see it right and the uh, the lady was like uh you say obasan which yeah. means au like aunt right yeah, a-u-n-t and so he goes to the pharmacist and he says i need to kill some ants <laughs> i need to kill some obasan i need to kill them good and dead uh what should i do <laughs> Five hours later, the police finally let him go (laughs) after they were convinced that it was a Uh, translation error. Yep. So, uh, when we left off uh, last time, some drachma troops were marching toward Briggs uh, Mm. along with Kimberly. And, you know, it looked like the idea here was going to be, you know, start another war on the border. One of the points on the huge Amestris transmutation circle 
to work towards you know their alchemical goal here right um but as we're opening the chapter here we see briggs has easily defeated the drachma troops yeah and the drachma general is just standing there amidst bodies and debris <laughs> we we don't even get to see it which is is okay you know what i mean like mm. we don't it's okay that i think that we don't need to because it was that that's how bad it was like that's yeah. how quick and Kimberly doesn't seem upset by it at all. It just says, well done, well done. The very definition of an instant victory, but not for the side that, that supposedly he was expecting. He's like, he's like, hey, guys, let's go fight. And wow, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not quite sure what Kimberly's objective was here if it wasn't to, you know. Wasn't it to get them killed? I guess. I mean, I, I suppose any any death on these uh, points on the transmutation circle will work, whether it's mm. Amestris soldiers or Drachma soldiers. And as they're talking and the general's yelling at him, there's a sound in the background, vree, and then an explosion. So some kind of missile or bomb has landed and kills the general, and some blood splatters on Kimbley. Yeah. And he, we says, know he doesn't like that. We know he doesn't yeah. like that, though. Kimberly says, he died in the middle of our conversation. How rude. <laughs> and then some other drachma troops, I guess there are some that are still alive, at least for the moment, uh, come up to Kimberly and try to arrest him. And his uh, circular, you know, his round, uh, his marble uh, philosopher's stone comes out of his mouth. And then from far away, we see a big explosion of some kind. And the Briggs troops are puzzled, you know, what happened? Because we didn't fire on them that time. Uh, but uh, apparently, Kimberly, you know, blowed up the other troops real good. He um, blowed them up? <laughs> yeah. You know, this is an SCTV reference. <laughs> oh, I, I, would I want to know because I like SCTV. Explain mm. the reference. Okay. Farm film celebrity blow up with the, these two like farm boys. It was what John, Ca John Candy and Joe Flaherty. Uh huh. And I forget what their names were supposed to be, but they would have a supposed, you know, it would be a, one of the other cast members playing some celebrity like Andrea Martin as Bernadette <laughs> Peters. And, you know, the, They'd ask her a few questions, and then, how, how about, can you blow up for us? And she'd say, okay, I'm going to blow up, and she does something, and then blows up, and then they say, wow, she blowed up. Yeah, she blowed up real good. <laughs> <laughs> not blue, blowed. <laughs> I, I, that's not where I thought that was going to go. I thought, you know, like, I could see, it's already funny that two farm boys have a, a celebrity on their show, and they just start asking her questions about the harvest or stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, it already has, there's so much potential there. And they I mean, just went. You know, it made no sense, but it was funny anyway. <laughs> and she doesn't need explosives. She just... Yeah, just you know, these celebrities would just kind of blow up out of the front under their own power with with no help from explosives or anything. Because they're celebrities, Tim, they can do anything. Right. So, yeah. who are these guys who are pointing guns at Kimberly? These are more drachma guys. I think so. Yeah, from the hats. 
Okay. It's the same kind of hat as that general was wearing, except the generals had some kind of feather on it. But yeah, they must be drachma troops. I mean, they're not Briggs troops. We you know we know what their clothes right, look right, like. right, right, right. So we have a a splash page of Ed and Al, and they're where are they? They're like amid some on some kind of a brick building that's kind of looking kind of beat up and there's a sign above it that says full metal alchemist. Well, this is, I mean, if it has a sign on it that says full metal alchemist, I mean, this is obviously not a real place or, or it's a real place where they just kind of, you know, like mixed in this a diegetic, you know, outside the story thing inside Mm -hmm. the story. But I I think it's just, yeah. I mean, this is just a splash. It's not part of the story. And Ed again, doesn't appear in this chapter. That's right. And, and since there's no dogs in it, then we know it doesn't... Oh, wait a minute. There's oh, cats. Oh, there are cats. Yeah, there are cats <laughs> on the ground there. There are cats. She loves to put the animals in there. They're so small, I didn't almost didn't see them. Yeah, oh, I didn't see them before either, cat. but there at least at least three of them. Oh, my God. I'm going to need a... I'm going to need to look, because it looks like there's something on the ground... And unfortunately, just the way, because it's so small, it looks like it's a dead animal, and I don't think she would do that. <laughs> I no, don't think I she think would do that. there, by by Al's elbow, there's just sort yeah. of a broken place in the pavement. I, I'm, I'm glad you can see it better than I can. Well, I switched I'm... to my other glasses. But <laughs> yeah, then there are two cats below that, and another one off to the left sitting on a pipe. Yeah, and, and there's a sign seventy nine that's telling us what chapter, oh, what oh, chapter yeah. it is. In the previous chapter, we saw that uh, one of the Chimera guys, uh, Zampano, was on the phone with Envy, um, right? And together we, we thought, with the with the traitor, rap. <laughs> yeah. So it seemed that he was selling out the position of Marco and. Scar. Yeah, and my perfect world was thrown into ruin in that moment. <laughs> yeah, we th- we thought, oh, his redemption was not real, and uh, he's actually still he's been working with the, with the community. Unredempted. Yeah. He was unredempted. <laughs> working with the military. Uh, so he comes back, and he's together with a guy who appears to be Ishvalan, and he's saying, oh, this is just a traveler I met. Uh, along the way and then when they run into marco um so marco says wait who's that just a um traveler i met he was hoping you could treat him and then the ishvalan says you can stop now zampano your third rate acting's not fooling anyone and, <laughs> and changes oh. to envy i mean envy's gonna eat them words <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and so this is one of the the first of many times when he calls people a worm in the English edition. Okay, you spineless sure. worm. Did you really think you could hide from us forever? And then there's some kind of, we find out what it is later, some kind of booby trap. Oh, okay. In English, it's mm. in, in in Japanese, it's gomi mushi domo. So it's like you garbage bugs. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> 
Which I know that worms also sometimes inc- are included in the like insect, or as far as like in when it comes to kanji and stuff, as a type of mushi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's not, and and I we understand that that worm makes more sense like in English than it would like in in, but insect also we say you yeah like insect. you insignificant insect yeah yeah. But garbage insect doesn't quite... (laughs) (laughs) doesn't quite translate. Maggots, though, would be fine. Maggots. Yeah, maggot. That would work. You refuse eating maggots or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so there's some kind of a booby trap, and we see a couple of kind of alchemical spears that are slicing into Envy's foot and leg. Oh, yeah. And, oh, wait, by the way, today's secret word, if uh, if you're listening at home, is maggots. Okay, so you hear the word... (laughs) Maggots, I need you to jump up, turn around, do the hokey pokey. Okay, this, oh man, I, it's so satisfying when Envy gets taken by surprise like this. Because the last Mm. time, last couple times we've been up against, he become more and more formidable, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... So he says See, to Zampano, yeah. Zampano, you bastard, what the hell is this? And Zampano has run over to where Marco and the other Chimera guy are. And he says, ha third-rate acting, huh? Fooled you well enough. And Marco <laughs> says, it was our plan from the very beginning to lure you here. So Zampano had not turned bad after all. He Yay! was still on their side. My worldview restored. <laughs> yeah. So Envy is oh. trying to go towards Marco, and he keeps running into these kind of alchemical booby traps. I mean, and that that panel with the fist. Yeah, the fist the coming side, up from the ground that punches. the most hilarious thing. I mean, because we've Envy. seen this same pose in the comedy beats throughout the series. You know, mm. like it's always like to the side, very vulnerable, like, ah! You know, and the legs bent and, you know, it's usually Ed, but, (laughs) but, oh my God, I actually, I laughed. I snorted out loud because he says, (laughs) Nawah. And so Marco says that there's a new alchemical technique called the landmine technique. After all, alchemy is constantly evolving and... Envy says, there's no way that alchemy like this could exist, but then he keeps stepping on the booby traps when, like, kind of explosions or sharp objects coming up or hands. A big giant concho. Concho? Concho. Okay, well, it's two hands together, kind of folded together with the with index fingers index pointing fingers out. index fingers pointing out. This is yeah. what, in Japan, if you ever teach elementary school kids, they will try to sneak up behind you. And do this move up into your butt. <laughs> okay. And that or, is called the concho move. <laughs> or alternatively, when I, as I grew up, that was, this is the church and this is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. <laughs> yeah, but not in the butt. No. No, no, no. no. Okay, so all. this definitely involves the butt. So that's, <laughs> you know. So Okay. I mean, yeah, that's it doesn't why translate for, the, for, for the non-Japanese <laughs> audience. Well, it, it it does if you've read enough uh, Japanese comics where you've come across the the phenomenon of the kancho, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, look it up. It's not disgusting. It's just little kids 
trying to poke <laughs> their teachers in the butt with their fingers. Not appropriate at all, but somehow, <laughs> somehow it happens. So Envy says the alchemy like this can't exist. Uh, and it turns out that he's right. Actually, uh, Mei Chang is doing sort of long distance transmutation from in this little rundown shack off to the side where she's sitting with Al and Xiao Mei. Mm. And they finally get Envy so agitated that he becomes his, what's supposed to be his true self. What we saw in the, well, what do we call it? The realm of blood before yeah. Yeah. with, with Ed and uh, Lee and thinks that he can defeat them that way. And the, the overweight lizardy guy tries to carry Marco to safety. Scar also gets some licks in on, on envy. <laughs> Are you addicted to classic TV shows? Did you spend the 80s sitting in front of the boob tube? Then join us for TV Tangents, where we examine television of the 20th century with barely any contemporary context. Visit Shout Engine, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts, and look for TV Tangents. So, yeah, we got a fight scene here for a number of pages, and finally, Envy sticks out his tongue, and you can see that his tongue is made of souls you can see the the faces in there and grabs marco and starts crushing him with his tongue i'm not sure how envy can talk when his tongue is is sticking out wrapped around somebody but it's a very specialized kung fu technique should be like ah i got you Oh, uh, uh, closer. Uh, oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as we can tell from the word balloons, he's not talking like that at all. Well, you know, like we, he has like a million mouths. So maybe he's that's cheating. true. Maybe he's cheating and using other mouths to speak from. Um, and here, you know, you, you start to worry that the tide is turning in Envy's favor because he's... Yeah, because uh, Marco's just a got, doctor dude. Yeah. Right? He's a scientist. Apparently he's a doctor broken dude. some of Marco's bones and he loses a tooth or, or at least one tooth. And he's upset that, you know, the military are still making more Philosopher's Stones and killing people, including... Uh, Marco's own staff, his whole team has become Philosopher's Stones. But then Marco says, I know more about making Philosopher's Stones than anyone else in the country, but because I know how to make them, I also know how to destroy them. And we see that he's been wearing mittens, and on his hand there's a transmutation circle thingy. Right. And so he launches some kind of alchemy attack on envy which is a huge surprise for me anyway yeah. i did not expect marco to be i mean we know that he had to use alchemy in his uh studies but we don't really think of him as we think of him as a doctor you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i kind of like shunted that information to the back of my mind that he is obviously yeah, and he's old and he's in bad condition already, and so yeah, he always has felt like he's in kind of a position of weakness, but not here. Um, and I love the panel of uh, 
hmm, how do I describe it? Where Envy's hair is all sticking straight up and his eyes are just white and there's lightning coming out of him and he seems to be screaming. Hmm. Yeah. It's an impressive panel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and like just so like cathartic, you know? Hmm. It just feels so good to see Envy <laughs> get it like this, you know? I mean, maybe it says a little too much about my own dark side, but it's like... Uh, I, <laughs> I love a good revenge flick. I, you know, like <laughs> I suffer through the first half of a revenge flick where the person who's going to get revenge has to go through some really heinous stuff. And that stuff's always hard for me to watch, but always in the last, you know, in the end when the, that person gets their sweet, sweet, delicious, and often very painful revenge, I'm all there for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I had a dark childhood. So eventually Marco's attack causes Envy to like come apart, basically. All the souls are coming apart, escaping, and but also screaming in pain, which is all kind of disturbing. Um, but then we see him in kind of the form that we're used to, although he doesn't have any legs. Um, I guess this is Star Wars Episode 3. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Envy looks so pitiful, you know, like even before his final form, like even in his uh, just gasping, yeah, he uh, doesn't unbelieving look as strong as before, form. and his his eyes are so huge, like he's a some kind of lizard or fish or something. Yeah, he's bugged out. His eyes are bugged out, and he's uh, he's kind of spread all over the place. He's crawled away from his own skeleton. That's what it looks like. Right. Well, and and after he crumbles and yeah, his body just disintegrates and there's just a skeleton left apparently and then this little creature that looks kind of like a goldfish with a long tail. Uh, but, you know, his use of the word worm for all these pages then bounces back on him because one of the chimera guys says, "Ha, now you're the worm." Mm. Yeah, and he's like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Yeah, (laughs) Scar picks him up by the tail. But do you think, like, is there any symbolism inherent in the fact that he's kind of, like, releasing layers, like an onion? Like, you know, he's like a a mouth comes out of his huge mouth, and from that mouth, another face with a mouth, and then another head comes out of that. Mm. And, you know, it just... uh, we're getting to the core of Envy's identity, right? It's mm-hmm. it's kind of peeling away all the masks because yeah. he's constantly shifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it then this is what it takes, right? It, it takes this much damage, this much trauma to like peel away all those things that he's built for protection. Right. Hmm. Uh, and so this chapter seems kind of short. Then we, we yeah. have a page where uh, Scar goes over to Marco and says, are you all right? And then says, we've won, Marco. Okay, wait a minute. Before we get right to the just this page on its own, I swear it almost looks like Scar is going to feed Envy to Marco. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of wonder because we can see he's still holding the Envy goldfish. 
Because he's thinking right there. He's like, hmm, I wonder if he's hungry or something. You know, but I, <laughs> he doesn't do that. But I mean, just for a second, the way he's holding it, he's like, I could just shove this right down Marco's throat. Yeah, is it like, what, like 1920s university students swallowing goldfish? Ooh. Was it that long ago? I think so. That they were doing that? Anyway, and I got fooled because the next chapter doesn't have a title page until page three. So I started reading it, and then oh, chapter eight. Oh, so did 80. I. What? <laughs> what? What are you saying? Yeah, what are you where, telling me? Um, page thirty-nine is the beginning of the next chapter, where oh. someone is saying, "Nope, this ain't it." Oh, okay. So Catazo Marco. Well, that makes a much better ending. Like we won, Marco. Yeah, you know that make that makes a much better ending. And the only reason that this I think seems shorter is because we did have quite a bit of action. But yeah, yeah, well, it's shorter. It's, only it's shorter. Pages. It's shorter. It's only thirty-two. Yeah, it's definitely part of shorter. the reason there are five chapters in this volume, I suppose. Mm, yeah. Um, I have not identified a sound effect yet. Oh, I sure did. You know, you you know. I already. I went. I'm going for the concho one. <laughs> <laughs> what was it in Japanese? It's too funny. It's zun. 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 Z u n. Zun. Okay. Uh, what was it in English? Um. Oh, it was thok. What? Yeah, it doesn't quite seem right. I, I, but it's clear what you what you said is is apparent that they are, they didn't get the idiom of the concho when they mm. translated that because mm. that is a that is pure comedy that panel if you get it yeah you know it's hilarious because there's no reason for it to be a pointing finger except for that mm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean uh, the, the punch to the side I thought that was the coup de grace no this is the like the finishing move it's like you know <laughs> you're finished. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually in my D and D group. There's one of one of uh, the characters is a monk, and one of her finishing moves is flurry of conchos, where she's like da, 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 like a bunch of conchos in a row. Uh, and so, Zun Zun <laughs> Zun unfortunately does carry a little bit of the meaning of a penetration. <laughs> so it means. Uh, they hit the target, <laughs> basically. So, don't ask me what I would translate that into in English, because I, I don't... It wouldn't be thunk, though. Or thok. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't be thok, for sure. It wouldn't be like a, that kind of impact sound. It'd be more like a, a chunk, you know, like if somebody was stabbed with a really heavy weapon. Hmm. Well, I guess nothing really stands out for me, but I'm going to go with the panel where Envy first grabs Marco with his tongue. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the sound effect is glurk. (laughs) Glurk. Glurk, after you've been a clerk for 10 years, then I think you naturally ascend to the glurk status. (laughs) So is that the sequel to Clerks? Is Glurks? uh, It would have to be the third sequel because okay. there's clerks two and clerks three right but okay. uh, i like going back into these panels and just looking at because there's so much there's so much going on and envy is such a complex like visually complex character mm. emotionally not that complex <laughs> <laughs> but visually yes but you know, it's now been some chapters since we saw Ed as he was bleeding from the 
that bar that went through him and they just found the philosopher's stone and don't worry about him he's trying on some new shoes yeah he's on the cover cover. um he's on the splash of this chapter i'm sure he's going to show up again eventually but can you imagine reading this once a month and like where's ed we still don't see ed where's ed (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah all right uh, anything else? I read all say? the X titles this month, and Werewolf and Wolverine isn't in any of them. <laughs> I want my no prize back. <laughs> well, Wolverine's not quite as popular as he once was, where he was in like every book, X or otherwise. Oh, ain't that the truth? I swear, like back when every comic had Wolverine or Punisher or a dark hero or a parody like badger or like a parody of the dark heroes you know was when i was super into megaton man and flaming carrot like the silliest parodies (laughs) of superheroes they were so much fun Mm. and i i still find them so much more entertaining than than (laughs) the constant overuse of Wolverine. The only reason that I ended up buying a couple of X-Men books is because Alpha Flight started and it, oh, here's a series I can get on from the first issue, you know? And then immediately they bring Wolverine in too because he's from Canada and mm. Alpha Flight's from Canada. And they're, they're connected via Department H. And so I was like, okay, and I, I like this john byrne guy's art i i bought some like uh non-marvel like pre-marvel uh charlton stuff mm. rog 2000 that he did and stuff because i liked his robots um and so that's how i kind of ended up going i'm just gonna buy the x-men covers that i like and I ended up buying like really good issues like uh future past and uh mm. and and some other ones but like uh so i End up, you know, being. I didn't try to collect the whole series. I just picked up some ones I like the art. Uh, but Future Past, though, ends up being one of my favorite X Men stories. That and uh, God Loves Man Kills, but, uh, which was my first. Yeah, one of the early early Marvel graphic novels. Yeah, that was my first. That's that's when you have a good friend. You know, he's a good friend when he says, "Shut up and read this." You have to read this. Okay, <laughs> just shut your mouth. You know, don't even look at me right now. Just read this, and I don't want to. I don't want to hear you breathe until you finish. <laughs> like I had a friend set me down, and he goes, "You got to read this." And I was like, "I don't really. I'm a manga guy. I don't really do superheroes. I'm horror and you know fantasy and these other things. I'll do Commandy any day of the week." And he's like, "No, no, shut up. <laughs> read this." And like I was captivated like early on. Uh, mm. But and and I try to do that with like when I introduce people to manga or I mean that's one of the joys of like having a podcast and being on social media is that I can say like I bet you guys don't know about this it's really cool uh, so and I mean that's why I like talking about this series uh, with you because it's just uh, it was I had like I liked the visuals I liked the characters but I just didn't quite like delve into it until my wife said. Like, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that you're in a house that has all the volumes and you didn't finish it. This is one of the most well-put-together series that I've ever read. Like, yeah. 
because she's very and I've mentioned this many times very picky about endings like the the, the comic can be great but if it starts to really drag she mm-hmm. won't like it and if it if it has a you know like a mm. anticlimactic you know like ending the and in the fall the pieces aren't tied together she's like oh man they were just like adding pages adding pages you know yeah inuyasha yeah 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 i the last like i don't know 10 or 20 volumes of inuyasha i was like just finish it you're (laughs) almost to the end you know we had the whole story with what kikyo um, and her death, and like, okay, there's just a, f- a few more things you need to do and finish it. And then there are all these little side stories, like, mm-hmm. just finish it. <laughs> y'all can do that after, you know, like, y'all can do that after. You can do all the side stuff after. The the market's there for it, so, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sure the editors were saying, don't end it yet, don't end it yet. You yeah. know, stretch it out, stretch it out, we want to make more money, so. <laughs> yeah, it's probably one of the reasons where I just can't, get myself to even try Dragon Ball past a certain point. Mm. Like I have a few books that I bought in French and so I bought the you know the same ones in Japanese to study French and then that's it because I read it when it first came out it was not as funny as Dr. Slump and I went this is not what I want and I just <laughs> I stopped. So people say like you haven't read Dragon Ball you're a manga researcher and I'm like yeah I read it like until he lost his tail and I was like that's the first volume like yeah you know what you're going to yeah, do. Yeah well <laughs> some years ago we talked about early Dragon Ball and deconstructing comics and yeah it's it's weird because at a certain point it just changes into something completely different and it's not a comedy manga anymore and people actually die it's like what <laughs> you've really yeah. changed the rules of your world without letting us know yeah. <laughs> without any warning anyway i was even though this seemed like a short one a lot of stuff like happened a big thing happened you mm-hmm. know uh, uh envy's like envy's not dead but his uh Philosopher's Stone is destroyed, right? Or did they did just take it out? I that guess I, so. I mean, didn't he say, like, I know how to destroy them, and he didn't destroy it? Well, he knew how to destroy a Philosopher's Stone. So, well, I mean, I guess that since all the souls escaped, that now the Philosopher's Stone is no longer there. Right. Well, in fact, actually, I'm noticing in this panel... I'm not sure what the page number is because the pages the numbers are run off. But if you see right here, there seems to be a philosopher's stone in the spirit's mouth. Yeah. This must be... Yeah, that uh, is a philosopher's where stone. Where are the page numbers? Um, 36, 35, page, page 35 it would be, yeah. at least in the viz. First panel. And yeah, there's a one of the spirits is screaming and there seems to be a, a stone in his mouth. Uh, but, but that's then, the same mouth that the... Then, like, another spirit comes out of his mouth. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, the Philosopher's Stone is made up of these spirits, so if they've all dispersed, then if the souls have all dispersed, then there's no more Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, and, I mean, the fact that they didn't make any kind of show of picking up a stone and they just picked up this little wormy lizardy thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay we'll be back in a couple of weeks with chapter 80 and don't forget the law of equivalent exchange which says 
you get what you pay for and don't mess around with dr marco <laughs> no <laughs> okay see you next time see you next time Our theme is Winterfiend by Cryosyncope. You can follow us on Twitter at LOEE Podcast or email us at LOEE Podcast at DeconstructingComics.com. Support our show on Patreon at patreon.com slash deconcomics. See you in two weeks. The Law of Equivalent Exchange is a production of DeconstructingComics.com.